0: Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, welcome to part two of Here Comes Heaven, our Christmas series here at Valley Rise. And, hey, we're so thankful that you're here with us today. We know there's a lot of great churches in town, so thanks for coming and hanging out with us, taking a chance on a church that meets in a school. Sometimes people go, where do you do it? I'm like, in the the auditorium. They're like, that's weird. I'm like, I know, but, you know, this is how you start a thing. So. Um, we, for those of you that are here with us for the first time, we started this church nine months ago and uh, moved down here with a team of people, I'd never been to Houston, and I mean I've been to here, obviously, but never lived here and, and moved here, and man, it's so cool. We had our Christmas party last night. How many of you enjoyed that Christmas party? That was so much fun. We ate a lot of food. It was gumbo. We were just doing stuff. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, and um, it was cool. It was cool watching people last night and going like, man, like nine months ago, ten months ago, we didn't know any of these people. This is crazy, and now we got this family, and so... Hey, listen, I need to confess to you guys um, today, if that's all right. I know normally you confess to to me, or maybe you think you do, but um, I need to confess to you today. I've been lying a lot this week, Um, and it's not my fault, though. It's my children's fault. I just want to say that. They put me in a horrible position where I'm forced to lie to them. Um, I've always said I would never lie to my children. However, my wife also loves for um, Santa and the elf to be real, and so they work for Jesus in our house but there's still some questions that have to be answered. And so the elf sits on our house and he watches the kids to make sure that, like, they're good. Then he reports to Santa. Santa reports to Jesus. And then, like, they get, you know, if, if they're good, they get gifts. So um, the Eli today, the other day I look at him and he's just saying, I have a son who's five, almost six, a daughter who's three, and um, another daughter who's seven months and, and he's standing there, and he's looking at the elf, and I'm just like, why is he, it bothers me when he looks at him too long, because I'm like, one day he's just going to be like, this thing is not real, like, you, you, y'all are tricking me. And he's just looking at him, and he goes, you move the elf, don't you? I'm like, w- why would you say that? Like, I try not to lie to him, you know, so I just ask leading, I'm like, why would you think that? He's like, because he's not real. I'm like, who told you he wasn't real? He's like, he has a tag. And I was like... Then, it put, me, it put me in an awkward situation, so I was, um, I was like, he does have a tag, and um, I looked at my wife, and my wife's like, don't you do it. I'm like, okay, um, He has a tag, because Santa's got a lot of these elves, and imagine all of the millions of elves around the world. How do you think Santa just knows which one is which? And he was like, I don't know. I'm like, the tag. They scan the tag. They walk in, scan. <laughs> He's like, you're Eli and Finley and Shiloh's elf. He's like, that's me. He's like, right. right, let's talk about it. So... Whew, I just feel better that I got that off my chest for to you guys, okay, and I um, just been carrying it around with me all week, and I felt kind of convicted about it, so just needed to get it off before I started preaching. Hey, we are in Here Comes Heaven Part 2, and this whole series is wrapped around the basis of... When when heaven came down to earth the first time, when Jesus came as a child, there are things that happen. There's things in the earth that happen. There's things relationally that happen. Signs begin to happen as the Savior of the universe came to earth. And I think there's also every single year around this time things that can happen in our lives. Potential for miracles. Things that shift around us. That if we can prepare our hearts and if we can prepare our homes just like they did when they were preparing for Jesus to come the first time. That we can see Jesus do some amazing things in our lives. So we're going to continue. Last week we talked about John the Baptist and as he was coming, all of the things that happened leading up to that and Elizabeth having a child. And now we move on to the second part of the story, Luke 1, 26 through 38. And this is still in the same chapter. We're just going through Luke 1. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. How many of you would like that? Like, that's a pretty cool if the angel shows up. If you went home today and there was an angel just chilling in your house, and he was like, hey, you, you're awesome, first of all, and you got great favor. The Lord's about to just, you're going to, it's going to be great. It's going to be super good for you. How many of you would be like, this is amazing? How many of you would not like that sentence to be followed with, you about to have a baby? Like, that's you do not want that to be the next sentence out of his mouth. Uh, Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. Now, I know, we know the story. I think one of, the, one of the, the problems when we read the Bible oftentimes is that we know the story. Like, you knew. This wasn't a surprise to you. You're like, oh, my God, Mary's going to have a baby? Like, no, no one's surprised by this. We all know it. However, I like to put myself in Scripture when I read and think about Mary did not know Mary's story. Okay, Mary was just living Mary's life. How many of you know oftentimes there are things that happen in your life that if you could look back from the end of the story, you would go, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Hindsight is twenty-twenty, But in the moment, this is not the conversation you want to be having with an angel. I just think of all the things that went through Mary's mind. Like, I'm, I'm unmarried. I'm 16. They kill people in this time if you get pregnant before marriage. Like, what? Hey, I'm 16 years old. You know what I was doing at 16 years old? Like I was sitting on my roof smoking cigarettes that I bought with my, using my brother's ID. Like I was not worried about having a child or, or being the mother of the Savior of the world. She is 16 years old. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you're to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, but how could this happen? I love this. How could this happen? How many times in our lives... How many times in your life do situations happen to you where you find yourself asking this question how could this happen maybe maybe you're more spiritual than me but I have many times that have happened to me where I sit down and you have those moments where you come to reality with yourself and you go how could this happen How did this happen? How, what is going on? And and she asked the same question, how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. And Almighty God will spread a shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your aged aunt? I love this cuz Gabriel Gabriel is you guys saw some of this last week. Gabriel is like he's a little gangster. Like he's like, "Yo, that old woman, your aunt." He just called it, this is like the nice version of the Bible, "Your aged aunt." He's like that old lady Elizabeth has also become pregnant. Mary's like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." With a son, the barren one is now in her 6th month. Not one promise from God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. I love this because we see this story start with Mary having favor. The angel shows up and the angel says, guess what? You are blessed. It is awesome. Life's about to be great for you. That's, that's what we all would love to have happen to us. I would love to go home and someone just go, I just want you to know everything's about. You're going to show up next Sunday. There's going to be like 10,000 people. You're going to have like 73 services. You're not going to know what to do. i would be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But you know what the problem is with favor. Everyone wants favor. But what favor means is it means responsibility. And oftentimes in our life, we want the favor of God. We want the favor that life can bring us, but we don't realize when getting that favor, what we're ultimately taking on is more responsibility. And every parent knows every child you have is a blessing, and it is favor for God to give that child to you. But every parent knows that means a lot of responsibility. And I was having a conversation with someone last night where I said, you know, when Having a baby is like when you're in high school and like you wanted to get out of high school. You remember, I know some of you were older, you wanted to get out of high school. And if I could just get out of high school, I could do me. I could just be my own person. I could just I could do whatever I want, stay up all night, watch Netflix, eat popcorn in my drawers, do whatever I want to do. And. And then you get out of high school and you go to college and all of a sudden you realize you're in your drawers because you got no clean laundry, okay? You're eating popcorn because you broke. You don't have any money to buy anything other than popcorn. You're up all night because you can't sleep because it's freezing in your apartment and you only got a little blanket your mom packed you. Like, you, you, you realize it is awesome and it's responsibility. And this is what happens with favor. Anytime God wants to give us favor, favor looks like responsibility. And so the question I have for you this morning is, could your trial that you're walking through right now, could your moment of how could this happen to me be God's favor on your life? Could your trial be God's unexpected favor on your life that you will look back and go, thank God that happened to me. If that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be where I am today. Could your trial be God's favor? She was deeply troubled what kind of greeting is this, she said. I just can't even imagine. Sometimes I like to go back in, and I encourage you. Let me just help you as your pastor. When you read scripture, don't just read it, and, you know, because it, it, it will get boring if you just read it. Put yourself in the story. Make yourself feel. Make yourself go back and see what was, what was she experiencing in these moments. I love reading the Bible that way. I've grown up reading the Bible. There was a, a big chunk of my life that it got boring for me. Then I decided, you know what? I'm gonna put myself in the story. I'm gonna experience it. I'm gonna kill Goliath, okay? I'm gonna be in there slinging rocks. Like, I want, I want to know what that was like. And so when you really start to put yourself in this story, it's more than a line of she was deeply troubled. Parents, how many of you got teenagers? How many of you got teenagers? How many of you would be deeply troubled if your teenager walked in and said, Mom and Dad, I'm pregnant. Don't worry. It's Jesus's. It's Jesus's baby. <laughs> like, just imagine that scenario. Like, all of us would be like, you about to be Jesus's baby because you're going to be dead. So there's that. I mean, I just can't even imagine her, the trouble. We read one line, she was deeply troubled. But what she didn't know was that it really was God's favor. Why would God choose an unmarried girl? I love this. Sometimes people ask me this. Why would God choose an unmarried girl? Why would God pick someone that seemingly it was a bad thing that was happening to? Why wouldn't he pick someone that just had a great marriage and was like, hey, you and your wife, you guys look great. You know, you're an awesome couple. And so hey, we're going to give you this baby Jesus. That's, that's really good. Why wouldn't Jesus do that? But I love this because oftentimes this is what Jesus does with all of us. This is what Jesus does with all of us. Verse 28 um, and 29. Verse 28 and 29. We have that. What's more your age, Elizabeth? has also become pregnant with a son, the barren one. Gabriel appeared and said, grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you're anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. For her, an unmarried girl, what this may mean for her. What, what situation, if you walk through in life, that you look at it and you go, what, what may this mean for me? What may, what may this mean? What would This fallen relationship, what may this mean for me? This job insecurity, what may this mean for me? This, this sibling, what may this mean for me? This opportunity, what may this mean for me? And I love it because oftentimes God uses un, unmarried people, unestablished people, unqualified people, uncalled people, people that we would look at and go, the, put the un in front of it. I'm unable. I'm unwilling. I'm unqualified. And God goes, the beauty of my kingdom is when I call you and I qualify you and when I put something inside of you and when I decide to use you, it doesn't matter what anyone else says about you. Take the un-off. You become qualified when God qualifies you. And many of you have been in situations in life that you feel unqualified for. Listen to me. When God called us to plant this church, you can ask my wife. I know y'all look at me and you're like, I can't imagine you in the fetal position crying like a baby. Okay, okay. You imagine it, because that's what happened. Like, we, I, I had a phone call with the pastor. I'd been praying. We knew God was going to do something. We knew we were supposed to go somewhere. We didn't know what it was. We, were, so we loved where we had been and his family and still is family. And we were going, Why, God, why would you move us from here? And why? And a pastor called me and goes, Man, I've been praying for you. I think God, I think it's time for you to play in a church. God's doing something in you. And I literally said to him, I said, I can do anything else in the world, okay, but pastor a church let me be a number two let me go help someone pastor a church let me go be a youth pastor let me be a college pastor let me be the guy that cleans the toilets let me be anything other than the guy and I got off the phone and I laid on the bed sobbing sobbing in the fetal position just going God anyone else I can't do this God, pick anyone else my wife came in, and men, you know those moments where you're too emotionally drained to deal with your wife's emotions? Yeah, I know, don't, you don't have to admit it, but just look me in the eyes, we know, okay? Um, and, and I'm laying there, and she walks in, and she goes, what happened? What, what's wrong? What's... And I'm literally just sobbing in the fetal position, and she goes, what happened? And she's just sitting there, and I'm just, I, I don't have it in me to relate to her what I feel like we're supposed to do, because I know how much we loved being in Birmingham, and I knew what that meant. I knew that when I said that, she was also going to crumble, and... I just said, you know, I think I think we're supposed to plant a church. You know, I think, I think God's calling us to plant a church in Houston. It went back to my crying, okay. And and I didn't hear anything because I figured she had either passed out or was also crying. And so I'm just, you know, doing me on the bed in my fetal position. And I'm 6'4". You'll see me in the fetal position. It's pretty impressive. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just weeping and I don't hear anything. So finally, after a while, I'm like, maybe if she did pass out, she might not be breathing and I should check on her. And uh, so I... I Look, I mean, she's just sitting there looking at me, which was awkward. You know, nobody likes somebody to watch you cry. I just want to let you know now is a little awkward, baby. Um, and she goes, I don't know why you don't feel like, like we're ready for this. I think, I think you're 100% ready for this. I think this is what God has called us to do. And it's moments like that where people see things in you when God qualifies you to do things. Mary saw an unmarried girl. She saw a 16-year-old unmarried girl. How am I going to do this? How could this happen to me? What am I going to tell my parents? God saw a woman who would raise the Savior of the world. And listen to me, I want you to know whatever it is that the world looks at you and sees, God sees something more inside of you than you even see in yourself. God sees potential in you. God sees a gifting in you. God sees something he put in you that only you can do, that you do better than everybody else. God sees something in you that no one else sees. And when you get around the right people, I love that God gave John the Baptist and Jesus so close and gave Elizabeth, who was older than Mary, at the same time. Because what he was really doing is, I'm not going to make you walk through this alone. That's what God was saying. I'm not going to make you walk through this alone, Mary. I'm not only going to give you someone to walk through this with, this pregnancy with, this journey with. I'm going to give you someone that also had an angel show up to them, that also has a pregnancy that they never would have expected, that also seems like the barren one that shouldn't be able to have children. And you two are going to be able to do this journey together. It's the beauty of the whole kingdom of God is that we don't just exist to love God and go, God, it's all about you. That's our first priority. But the second priority is that we would connect with God's people Because that's the people that cheer you on. That's the people that call out in you what you can't see in yourself. That's the people that champion you on when you feel like quitting. And God's design for the kingdom is that first we would love him with our whole heart. And then second, that we would fall in love with the body of Christ. That we would connect. I loved last night. Last night, being at the party with everyone was so awesome. Because you're just going like, "This this is God's intent. This is what it was supposed to be. People that have the same heart, the same mind, the same love for God. And also the same love for each other that we can all spend time together and be the body of Christ. When God qualifies you, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Verse 30, verse 30, I love this. Do not yield to your fear, but the angel reassured her saying, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You'll become pregnant with a baby boy, and you're going to name him Jesus. I love this. Do not yield to your fear. The Lord has chosen to surprise you. How many of you know that's a real surprise? That's a real surprise. Like, that's, that's not like a kind of surprise. That's not like you got a gift for Christmas you weren't expecting. Like, I thought they were going to give me a watch. They got me, like, a car. Like, that's a surprise. A big surprise is, like, hey, you're having a baby. Um, he's going to be the Savior of the world. Have fun with that. I'm going to go back up to heaven and tell your parents. Like, that's, that's a big surprise. That's not like a little surprise. That's like a big, big surprise. And I love this because as I was reading this, though, I was reminded that any God dream that God puts inside of us is scary. Anything God will ever ask you to do is scary because it takes God to do a God-sized dream. You know how scary it is to do this? Y'all show up. I know y'all show up on Sunday and you're like, oh, this is cool. We get to, you know how scary it, I am 32 years old. It scares the H-E-double hockey sticks out of me to do this every single week, like it's not like this comes natural to anyone, all right? Building any of you who started businesses, it is scary. Like there is a real scary thing when God asks you to do something. But anything God asks you to do will be scary. And I think there's some of us oftentimes that God put something in our heart and maybe we know we should do it or maybe we want to do it. But we oftentimes are held back by our fear because we think there's no way God would ask me to do something this scary, Let me just tell you, the reason it's scary is because it takes God plus you to make the dream happen. That God is going, the reason that you don't have it, you can't do it by yourself. That's why you need me, so that you never get up here and go, look how awesome I am. I can do all of this. That you need God, that when you step out, you go, God, I need you. I can't get up here and do this without you. I can't do my business without you, God. I can't do marriage without you. I can't do a relationship without you. I can't do whatever it is you've asked me to do, God. I can't do it without you. And it's the beauty of when you come to that moment that you see God meet your needs and your shortcomings in the areas that you don't think you're good enough in, that God steps in and goes, when you're at your end, I am just at my beginning. When you're at your end, I am just at my beginning. And I love this because every Sunday, me and Eli, you guys will see Eli around here at some point. He's, 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 you'll see him. Um, that's all I'll say. And, um. We go up into the lights to fix these lights, and, like, it's a really steep stairwell. Like, it's actually really, like, I'm I'm a grown man. Sometimes I'm like, this is kind of steep. Like, all right. Um, I was in the military, did a lot of crazy stuff, but that that ladder really throws me for a loop, I'm going to be honest. And I'm going up, and Eli loves to go up it with me. And so he'll go up. And, like, the first time he got, like, halfway up, he's like, I'm going back down. It's too scary. I'm like, okay. Let's go back down. Then got him a little further up the next time, a little further up. So, But when we come down, he's used all of the courage that he had, okay, on the, on the journey up. When we come down, he gets halfway down. And on the, pl- the platform that separates the, the second set of stairs from the second set, he just goes, I can't go anymore. Just carry me. And he climbs on my back and wraps his arms around my neck and I carry him in a fake fall. You know, parents you want to scare the make your children think they're gonna die. I'm like, oh God. He's like, Dad, stop. You're gonna kill us. Um, and and but I'm reminded when I read this is that when we're at our end. The beauty of who God is as a father is when you feel like, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I've used all my courage. God, I've used all my energy. God, I've done everything I can do in this relationship. God, I've done everything I can do at my job. God, I've done everything I can do with my family. God, I've done everything I can do personally. I've done everything I can do spiritually. God, God, I can't do anymore. That God, just like a loving father, picks you up and goes, hop on my back. This is just the beginning. We're not even halfway through the journey. I've got you. Hold on. The journey is greater than what you can imagine. And there's times where you think you're going to fake die, where God goes, listen, it's okay. If you knew how strong I was, if you knew how capable I was, if you knew the experience that I had, if you knew what I have in store for you, if you knew the journey and saw the end from the beginning, you wouldn't be crying on this ladder. You would be laughing. You would be enjoying the ride. You would be trusting that God has a plan for your life. If it's a God dream, it's always scary. Verse 35. Verse 35. Mary said, But how can this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and the Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. As I was reading this, I wrote down, oftentimes the recipe for the miraculous in our lives is holiness. Is holiness. What is holiness? I think oftentimes we hear that and you think like, you think of, of like the Virgin Mary, maybe. Or you think of like Holy Rosie, you know. I always call my wife Holy Rosie because she's like way better than me. So like anything, I'm, you know, like maybe I slam my finger in the door and say a word I shouldn't. I know you're like, pastors do that? Like we're normal. I know, it's crazy. And um, she's like, baby. I'm like, okay, Holy Rosie. All right, sorry. didn't even know that was a curse word. Um, and, and, but oftentimes the recipe for God to do something miraculous in our lives is holiness. What is holiness? Holiness is allowing ourselves to be set apart for God's use. That's all it is. Allowing ourselves to be set apart for God to do something in our lives. That we would consecrate ourselves. We would set ourselves apart. That we would go, God, whatever you want to do with me, God, do with me. God, I give myself to you. I would wager to say, and and just so you know, I, I joined this up until about three, four years ago, that maybe many of you have never gotten before God and just said, God, use me for whatever you want to use me for. God, do whatever you want to do in my life. Because let me tell you, that's a scary prayer. When you say that, God will do whatever he wants to do with you. And you will be used by God. But the, the, the crazy thing about how God blesses us is that the blessing always comes with the birthing. And while a baby is always a blessing, women, any of you who have ever had children, know that the birthing, in the middle of that birthing, you're not like, this is a blessing, yes, it's awesome. If you've never been in the room with a pregnant woman, you are so lucky. Because there is a moment at about eight and a half centimeters where you could be Jesus and they would curse you out. Okay? It don't matter who you are, how sweet you are. My wife went all natural. I'm like, babe, you need ice chips? She's like, ask me about ice chips one more time. I'm like, okay, sorry. All right. I thought maybe I was going to help. Like, can I do anything? Leave the room. I'm like, okay. Oh, God. Walked out. My dad's like, that's why I hang out out here. I'm like, okay. Should have, should have learned that, you know. There is a moment in that where the birthing doesn't feel like a blessing. And I just want you to know that there's oftentimes as God prepares to do something in your life that the stretching happens, that the tearing happens, that the pulling happens, that the growth happens, that in the middle of it you may think, God, how in the world do you want to bless me? God, how in the world do you want to use me? God, how in the world can you say that you're smiling on me and me feel like this? And I just want you to know that the blessing is in the birthing, but the birthing does not happen without the pain. And there is pain that is in each and every one of us, and if we'll allow God to use it, it will birth something amazing and miraculous in your life. How many of you know in the middle of Mary pushing out that child in a manger that there was probably a moment that she said, God, why in the world would you do this to me? Like all the other 16-year-old girls are playing hopscotch and going to high school. Why would you do this to me? Little knowing that now, 2,500 plus years ago, we're not talking about all the other girls. We're talking about the person that God chose. And when you allow yourself to be used by God, when you allow him to bless you in the birthing pains to endure them, you solidify your spot in the kingdom of God. The baby is awesome, but the birth is painful. well, you can come up as I close. I love, um, I love this, this verse personally, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread a shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This, this verse is personal for me because I know y'all, y'all, everybody, you know, you only know what you know. I see y'all on Sundays and you all look like nice people, but for all I know, you're serial killers. I mean, you know, y'all don't really know. And, and you see me and you see pastor Christian. So you're like, that's nice. He's a tall Mexican guy and he seems like a nice guy. And, um, but, but we all have a story and your story isn't my story and my story is not your story. All of our stories are different and growing up this was not, this was not the, the, um, expected result for me. I was the wild child. I was doing a wedding in, in Lafayette, Louisiana, where I'm from a month ago. And I sit there and there's a girl sitting next to me and she goes, Hey, you're the pastor. I'm, like, I'm the pastor. She's like, Oh, awesome. You know, how do you know the groom? So I told her, oh, we grew up together and she called, oh, it's awesome. You know, cool. And so I, she's sitting there and she looks at me, and my dad has a large church in Louisiana. So she looks at me, and she says, you're, you're an Aranza. You're Pastor Jacob's son. I said, yeah, I'm Pastor Jacob's son. She said, oh, that's awesome. It, I see the wheels turning, and about 10 seconds later, she looks at me. She goes, you were the wild Aranza. And I was like, that was me. That was me. You know, it was a long time ago, but that was, that was me. And she goes, I have heard more stories. I have heard more. You were crazy. I'm like, listen, the Lord, bless the Lord, you know, he changes all of things. For his mercies are new every day. But this was not the journey. And um I I I, uh sorry, I'm a crier. You guys will figure out if you come here, cry like every Sunday. So um I many nights coming home from the club or coming in late from from all the craziness that my life entailed. And and you know, you would look at and go, there is no way. This sweet little pastor, oh God. Um and I would come in and I would see my dad in the morning. I'll never forget mornings. Walking in, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> my dad, <clears throat> it's something in my throat, it's not in my eyes. Um, and he'd be at the table praying. And he'd just look up at me and I'm stoned out of my mind or drunk or whatever craziness I'd gotten into. And, and you want to know, feel guilty. Walk in when your dad's praying at 5 o'clock in the morning at the table. Okay. And he'd just look at me and just go, hey, you know, go to bed. And, okay. And, um. I, was, I got kicked out of school when I was 17 years old and moved to Detroit, lived in the worst inner city ghetto in America at that point. Um, I was the only white guy there, Like, like there was, and I'm not even white, but I was the only white dish guy, and um, they, like, the police wouldn't go there. I moved there in February. There were 76 murders there by February 16th when I moved there school had no windows because of all the drive-by shootings shut down the blockbuster because people were just run in and grab movies and run out there was no like it was it was k it was like the wild west okay highland park detroit it was crazy and um got there and they said if you buy drugs here they will kill you i was like all right that seems i believe that um and so went there and, and lived there worked at helped at a church as a janitor it was really the first job i ever had in ministry and they were just trying to scare me to death i guess and it worked and then moved to to Schulenburg, Texas. Do y'all know where Schulenburg is? Anyone know where Schulenburg? There was, I was a good basketball player, and a coach there said, "Hey, why don't you come play for us? We're gonna win the state championship this year. It's gonna be awesome." And so I said, "Cool, I'll go. You know, I'm, I'm down for whatever." And moved to Schulenburg, and didn't know when I said I was down for whatever. I went from the inner city of Detroit to FFA. Okay, like I went from like balling at the park to like, what do you think about this steer? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know, what is, is where steer it where. where? How do you, I don't, there's no steering wheel. There's no, I don't know what you do with this thing. And I've been breeding this one for four years. I'm like, four years? I haven't done anything for four years. That's, it's, I was, this was a total culture shock and finished high school here and went, went, went back to Louisiana and, and just, you know, was back to to me and wild and crazy Christian and and the the countless times that God, saved my life <clears throat> that, that you, guys, you guys have no, and one day we'll I'll tell all my stories, but we gotta, we gotta hold some of them back, and um, I remember dad telling me one time he said, God spoke to me, I was far from God it wasn't even, wasn't even like I was like, open to hearing it, it wasn't even like I was like, okay cool this is good dad, he goes, I just want you to know I was praying for you and God spoke to me, and what God spoke to me, put that verse up there what God spoke to me Is that the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. And the almighty God will spread a shadow of power over you. And he'll protect you. In the midst of your craziness. And in the midst of your wildness. And in the midst of your pain. And in the midst of you trying to figure out who you are. And in the midst of you bringing hell to everyone around you. God is going to protect you because God is going to use you. God has a plan for you. Parents, you know what it's like when you have a child that's struggling. You know what it's like when you have a child that's figuring it out. You know what it's like. For him to have that promise and to go, I'm going to hang on to this promise. God, I'm going to believe that you're going to do what you said you were going to do. God, I don't know how, but if you're going to use him, then I'm going to believe it. And I love the next verse where it says, the promises of God, in verse 37, not one promise from God is empty. Let me tell you, I am a living testimony of God that not one promise from God is empty. And it doesn't just work for me, it works for you too. It works for you too, that not one promise of God is empty. The things that he's promised you, the children you're praying for, the spouse you've been believing God to change, the brother or sister you've been believing God to do something in, the miracle that you've been waiting on, not one promise from God is empty. And when he calls you, he qualifies you. I think oftentimes we make, we, we take what we can, what God's able to do with us, and we look at ourselves and go, God, I'm not, how could you do something with this? I'm not even, this didn't even, I don't have it, God. There's not enough skill, there's not enough ability, there's not enough. And God goes, You're the perfect person I'm looking to use. Because no one will ever look at you and go, wow, look how awesome they are. Everyone will look at you and go, look how awesome God is. Look how awesome God is. And then I love verse 38. Mary, now the realization has hit her that she's about to have this, this is happening. Mary responded saying, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. My encouragement to you today as we go into this holiday season, let's all pray that prayer. God, whatever you have for me, I accept it. God, whatever you want to do, whatever your plan is, God, that's what I want. I'm not going to fight it, God. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to go my own way. I'm not going to do what I want to do. God, whatever you have for me, I accept it. I choose your plan, God. And let me just tell you this. If you could see God's plan, if you could see the end of the journey of God's plan for your life, it would be exactly what you would choose for your own life if you knew. God's not going to make you do something that's horrible. God is waiting to fulfill the dreams that are inside of your heart. Oftentimes, he's just waiting for us to go, God, do whatever you want to do with me. Whatever it is, God, you do it. And we started our, we started our service saying, Jesus, whatever you want from us, it's yours. The prayer I pray almost daily is, God, whatever you ask from me, I want you to know, the answer is yes in advance. The answer is yes in advance, God. Whatever it is, the answer is yes and there's some days where he doesn't ask anything for me, and there's some days where he goes, go hug that person. Just go encourage them. I think when we say, God, do whatever you want to do with me, you think he's going to be like, move to Tanzania now. Tanzania? I don't even know how to speak Tanzanian. God wants to use you where you're at. He puts you where you're at for a reason. He doesn't want to use you later. He wants to use you at work tomorrow. He wants to use you in your family this Christmas. He wants to use you to shine a light in your kids' lives, to call things out inside of them that they don't even know are there. Side note, if you have kids, this is so important. I'm up here living on the promises that my dad prayed over me. Your children will live on the promises that you pray over them. I pray over my kids every night. We say a little thing that we say together, and then I look at each one of them in the eyes, and I say, look at me. I love you. I am proud of you. I believe in you. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of you. There's no one in the world that I would want to be their daddy more than you. You're going to change the, and they go, world. I just want you to know the heart of God for you is that he believes in you. He loves you. He's proud of you. There is no one in the world he would want to father more than you. And he has a plan for you to change the world. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful, God, that your plan to change the world wasn't that you did it, but that you used us to do it. That you used the giftings and the callings and the things that you put inside of us from birth. Before we ever knew we needed you, you put things inside of us, God, that you would use when we woke up, that you would use when we realized there was a master plan. God, we're so grateful. Thank you for protecting us, God. The countless times that we could have gone off the rail. The countless times that your promises held us. Parents that were praying and grandparents that were praying. God, today let us step up and let us be the parents and grandparents that pray. Let us be the ones that cling to the promises of God for our families. Then that rejoice when they come to pass. God, we're so grateful that we get to be a part of your plan. God, today I want you to know the answer is yes in advance. God, tomorrow when we go to work, we want you to know the answer is yes in advance. God, when we pray for those that we're going to see at Christmas and, and gatherings, and God, we want you to know the answer is yes in advance. That whatever you want from us, God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. The answer from us is yes. God, we trust you. We cling to you in the process of the pain and the birthing. Let us never forget, God, that you never give us a blessing that doesn't require us to step out and trust you. We love you so much, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as I was talking this morning, there might be some of you that go, man, Christian, I've, I've been to church or I've you know, encountered religion, but I've never known a God that feels about me the way you said he felt about me. I know for me, I was, I was not raised in, a, in an environment oftentimes that, that I, I thought God was mad at me a lot of times. When I realized that God loved me, that he was proud of me, that he wanted to cheer me on, that he was a fan of me, it changed the way I viewed God in my life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and Jesus. But if you're here today and you go, Christian, today, man, I want to start a relationship with that God. I want to begin a relationship with that God that you talked about. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you and you say, Christian, today, I want to start that journey, would you just slip your hand up for me real quick? I'd love to pray for you. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray together. And listen, you can pray this under your breath. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. As long as you mean it, this is between you and Jesus. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you for sending your son for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. You paid my sin bill, Jesus thank you and thank you for raising from the dead to give me new life to give me freedom so that I can walk in freedom every day of my life today I put my trust in you Jesus I choose to become a follower of Jesus to let you lead my life And Jesus, I want you to know whatever you ask, the answer is yes in advance. Now, God, I just pray for every single person who prayed that prayer that you would seal that in their hearts. This would be a moment that they remember, God, that you would meet them, that you would show up even tonight as they lay in their bed, that you would speak to them, God, like maybe they've never heard you speak to them. That you would heal areas of their heart, God, that maybe have been broken. And that you would remind them how much of a fan of them that you are God how much you love them how proud of them you are we love you God thank you that we get to be a part of your journey in Jesus precious name amen and amen hey would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives amen Amen. Hey, listen, if you did make that decision, there's a spot on your connection card that you can check. I, I committed my life to Jesus today, or I recommitted, and we'd love to just send you some information and give you some next steps. If you'd like to take those next steps, awesome. We want to make sure that we're setting you up for success. Um, we love you guys, and this is, is, a, is a for for and one day I'll have to tell the whole story, but my dad is from the inner city of Houston. He grew up, had, had a really rough life growing up and got out and moved to Louisiana. And as a kid, I always knew if I ever did anything like this, I wanted to do it in Houston. And he would go, why go back to, why go back there? It's like, I left, I, he's, he would always say, I fought my whole life to get out the hood and my children are fighting their whole lives to get back in it. Like, why? And um, I said, dad, I want to go to the woodlands. It's not like the hood, okay? Um... But we came, I, I love the journey how God does it. There's a little house downtown that they grew up in, 76, 20 Canal, is that Tammy? His sister's here. I, I, okay, Walker. And so I went by the house the other day, and I remember him telling me a story when I was a kid. Christmas morning, he said, I was 10 years old, my parents are fighting, I'm thinking they're going to kill each other. And he said, I sat on my front porch and I just said, God, I don't know what I got to do, but I gotta, I'm going to give my kids something better than what I had. I'm going to do more for my kids than what I had. I'm gonna find a way out of this hell and build a life for my children. How I mean, you know how God works is so awesome? That not only would it come true, but that he would send me back to the city that dad left from to be able to reach the people that he grew up with, the people that he was around, the people that he experienced life with. God's story is always so amazing. And everyone sees the end result. We go travel places and we preach together. Everybody goes, this is so awesome. Like, isn't it cool you and your dad get to preach together? And we look at each other and we just laugh. And we think, if you only knew the story. If you knew the the pickups from the police. If you knew the come get me out of the ditches. If you knew the wreck. I mean, if you knew the whole story. The end result always looks awesome. But the journey is just that. It's a journey. And so we're so grateful that you guys are along for the journey. Hey, um, December, let me just give you a couple dates. December 23rd, two days before Christmas, we're going to have a Christmas Vesper service. How many of you know what a Vesper service is? If you're from South Louisiana, Cajuns, we have a Vesper service, and it's a shortened 30-, 45-minute communion service. We're going to sing some Christmas carols together. We're going to take communion together. I'm going to give a short 15-, 20-minute great message. If you have family that's in from out of town or if you've been praying for somebody, this would be a service. People are more likely to come to church on Christmas and Easter than any other days of the year. So you might have been inviting someone all year. Invite them again on Christmas. That's like everybody says yes on Christmas. If they say no, be like, listen, Jesus is watching. They're going to be like, okay, I'm going to go. Or Santa, whatever one, whatever it takes, okay. And um, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And then January, we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'll, I'll talk more about that um, later. But it's it's a great time where we as a church pray and we pray and believe for whatever God is doing in your life and and the the answers that that you're looking for. And and then the end of January, we are going to have our one year anniversary service. Like. How crazy is that? Like I know, it's it's really crazy. I stood in the back and I was like, we've we are almost made it a year. This thing might actually work. Like this is this is <laughs> this is crazy. Um, and so we're so excited that we could celebrate with you, but it doesn't happen without you that didn't happen without you. If you came prepared to worship with your giving today, we got three ways that you can do that. You can give an offering envelope and put it in the bucket. You can go to valleyrisechurch.com and click on the giving link, or you can text Valley Rise in the amount to 77296. And for those of you this year, first Sunday here, I always say the same thing every Sunday. I know our people are probably tired of hearing it, but I will never ask you to give anything. The Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. And so our, our, our ask at Valley Rise is always, you ask God, and whatever God tells you to do, that's what we want you to do. We know that he will take care of us We're going to pray over this offering, and we'll get out of here. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. God, thank you for every person who sows into what you are building, God. It's not us. It's not Valley Rise. God, it is your church. It's what you are building, and we get to be a part of it. We're so thankful. God, thank you for each and every gift and each and every giver. Thank you for those that invest. I pray you return it to them a hundred and a thousandfold, God, that this would be the greatest season of their lives that as we prepare for you to come to earth, God, as we prepare for you to come do something in our lives, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus, that you would do miraculous things in us that we could have never asked or thought or imagined. Bless this church, God. Thank you so much for each and every person here. Let them have the greatest week of their lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.